Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily. This is Season 2, Episode 148 for May 28th, 2023. Courting a Supreme Location for Your Home. Tonight's rundown is a new work-for-free program. Take an apple, give an apple. Not a routine job application. Not so Little Mermaid box office receipts. Genetics are pretty fascinating. Return to Roots of Pacha. Some new RPGs. Digging their way to a felony. A marvelous new RPG. Powdered beer could be interesting. And 15 years to start building a house. Let's get into today's articles. Hello, hello. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI who should be ready to say hello. Good evening, hometown citizens. Uh, I wasn't watching. Was Did the visualizer work? Yes. Oh, great. Okay, cool. So hello, everybody. Um, so I'm going to get right into. Uh, okay, so my middle screen died. I haven't been able to get it replaced yet. It makes things kind of awkward where I'm looking. Uh, whatever. Um, so if it looks like I'm not looking at you, just know I'm looking at you. And again, <laughs> it says that my connection is unstable. This is driving me nuts. So I think that I'm going to try and troubleshoot this after the show. But anyway, um, it will shake out as time goes on. But my I'm not dropping any frames and, and nothing is looking odd. So whatever. Um, this has got to be a Twitch thing, not me. OK, well, anyway, um, as per usual, the uh, election is up. So all you have to do is go to hometown.com slash elections and you'll get today's election for the articles that you are interested in. If you're into a particular article as we go through them, you can vote on them. I'm being a little bit arbitrary and capricious about it, but uh, I, I selected all of these um, along with the AI. And so, you know what? I like them all. So <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't be up here. And maybe that's tainting the vote, but feel free to vote on your own. Um, there's 11 articles that we're going to be discussing today, which is pretty typical. You know, we we like to turn it up to 11, even though, you know, it's a top 10. Um, usually the number 11 is kind of a doozy, uh, either entertaining or uh, one of those things that make you go, huh, really? This is what's going on in the world, huh? All right. Well, um, you can also look at past elections. And so we have all of the past elections, including the current one. Um, but we started this back on the 20th, um, integrating our previous uh, voting option um, into hometown. So you don't have to go anywhere else, but you can look at past ones. And actually in time, those all of those past ones will be links that you can follow, uh, but you can actually get to them right now. Um, 
And some more changes are kind of going to be coming to our front page, which is that right there. We're going to have a whole bunch of options uh, showing up probably late next week. Um, we were going to roll one out um, already is out, but we're going to make some other features um, available. So you can swipe left to save, swipe right to ignore or forget. It depends on uh, ultimately what we're going to end up calling that. Um, but if you're signed in or um, you've become a citizen of Omtown, that will actually stay. So you can go back and look at your ignored articles. Maybe you've got a change of mind and you're like, hey, I want to check these old articles out. Um, or you want to look back at the saved ones. Um, and we've got a, a, some really cool features, functions coming, uh, like I said, but um, not until next week. So I hope you dig hometown and um, let me know if you have any other ideas. You can always just send an email to mayor at hometown.com um, or you can go to the hometown uh, discord. Um, there's a link on the site that will take you there. And that's way down here. There's 50 articles per page, but you can actually click on that and it'll take you to the discord sign up there um, it's not an automatic thing not yet uh, but you'll be able to in time log into discord and it'll allow you to log in connect uh hometown to your discord profile um, that way you have a login all set up anyway with that in mind you want to get into today's articles it's going to be a yes. rip roaring good time well some of it's going to be fun some of the other stuff is going to make you go, what in the world? But let's get this going. Have you ever wanted to work for free for a government? Not uh, no. I mean, because that's what is expected here in this article. Um, hometown daily is where it's stored, but it's actually sourced from business insider who got it from somebody else. I'm sure we'll have to look at it, but, um, Russian state media and businesses are petitioning for a six-day work week to fund the war in Ukraine. Now, I wouldn't call it a war in Ukraine. I would call it an invasion into Ukraine. And the defense forces of Ukraine are telling uh, Russian soldiers, primarily pointing everything, their fingers at Putin, because uh, for some strange reason, people who don't really have skin in this game or don't want to be combatants yet. They're being forced to be combatants or participants. Okay, whatever. Um, good luck, Ukraine. Um, well, the extra work day would likely come without additional pay. According to UK intelligence, multiple four day work week trials in the UK and Spain have reported positive results for employees. Not sure why they throw that into this article. But I guess it's kind of like kicking dirt in somebody's face at the beach. Right. It's like not only are they trying to do this and not pay. Hey, other people that are being reasonable are reducing work weeks. <laughs> and they're not invading any countries to try exactly. and get their resources. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> Which of these is not like the other? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it turns into a, like Sesame Street uh, mm -hmm. ad. One of these things is not like the other. Do you want to be part of an invasion force to try and get natural resources from another country? 
Or do you want a four-day work week? You make the call. Come on, boys and girls. You don't want to go? Well, we're going to take you anyway. Anyway, uh, thought this was an interesting article. For it to pop up from businessinsider.com um, is always uh, interesting. Like, this is a very serious thing when you start peeling back the layers of the onion, right? Chris Pinella is the author of this over at businessinsider.com. I've always dug the architecture, um, but man, you got a sociopath for a leader. Oh my God. I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And it's all because it's ruled with this mysterious brute force, right? Like somebody goes and has a cheeseburger and then leaves and then suddenly has radiation poisoning and is in the hospital. It's that kind of, it's kind of like John Wick, you know, the Baba Yaga kind of thing. Right. Well, I mean, it's pretty effective. I'm not condoning it, but. Uh, God, yeah. you know, and so many people learning to fly out of windows. And... <laughs> All right. It's just twisted. It's just it's sick. It's so sick. Anyway, um, it's interesting that they threw these all together, that Russian state media and, and businesses are petitioning for a six day work week and you're not going to get paid for that extra week. So happy volunteering. Those of you who um, are employed in uh, Russian businesses, uh, I'm pretty sure that this will probably go through to some degree. Um, but it's really pushing people towards civil unrest. Um, and if France can turn the flip the table because they want to push the uh, age of retirement a couple of years, imagine what being forced to work an extra day uh, without pay to support a war that regular Joes in Russia just aren't going to see the benefit of. <laughs> It would have been smarter to just be and create a partnership and not be a sociopath and, and find common ground where everybody can be happy. But I get called naive when I talk like this. So the article uh, continues to uh, talk about the, the Russia's war in Ukraine. It, I still have reservations about this. What the heck? Um, anyway. According to an intelligence update from the UK Ministry of Defense, the state-backed media and business groups, quote, have petitioned the economic ministry to authorize a six-day week for workers in the face of the economic demands of the war, apparently without additional pay. That works. What do you think? Would you like to work for a day without pay? No, I... I mean, this is just so outrageous that it's hard to comment on it. Says last week, Pergozin uh, went on a profane rant hitting Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin for how the fat, carefree lives of Russia's wealthy could spark a revolution similar to the Russian uh, revolution of 1917, leading working class citizens to storm the elite's villas with pitchforks. Well, it's almost like, you know, the wolves ate my face kind of a thing where they're so aware that they're oligarchs and, and gold plated toilets 
you know, are rife throughout their lives that they're saying, you know, we make somebody work an extra day and they're going to come after us with pitchforks. It's because you are the monster. Okay. You are the monster. <laughs> of course, the population is going to come after you with pitchforks because you're the freaking monsters. I don't blame them. Well, I have no insight into whether that will happen, but it'll be interesting to see if that is the event that causes it. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like based on what you see in the news, there could have been other things that could have caused similar <laughs> right. uh, results. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's other statements in this article. Um, so follow the link uh, that I throw into the chat. I throw it into the show notes. Um, it's in the VOD on, on uh, twitch.tv uh, slash hometown. But it's only there for 60 days, I think it is now. Um, and then I also, the either the same night or the next day, I also move it over to YouTube uh, and it gets turned into an audio podcast that you can all find just by searching for hometown. Um, and hometown is the, <laughs> the lore for hometown is that, um, it exists in the wires. Um, just a bunch of electrons all kind of just stuck together and created hometown. Um, and it is your home town just spun a little different home town. Get it? Yeah, I like that. I, I, I kind of like that. The AI doesn't apparently, but anyway, um, let's, uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking to the <laughs> listeners, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Your program too, though. So <laughs> let, let, let's just go on to the next article. <laughs> all right. So the next article is in the smack talk channel. Um, it's all about Mac. That's why the M A C is capitalized. Don't worry about the T it's a separate word. So it's not smack. It's not Macked. but anyway, uh, smack talk is, a, a show that I want to spin up. It's one of the 50 that I've got planned. Um, and all of that is built off of the idea of having a host or co-host and people that are interested in uh, listening. Um, and we're starting with hometown daily. Well, this article is about WWDC Apple hints at new Macs at WWDC with trade in program expansion. According to the article, we're a week away from WWDC 2023, where Apple will announce iOS 17. It's new reality pro headset diving goggles. Wait, that's not what it is. Uh, hold, on, hold on. Wait, let me back up. They're not diving. Are you goggles. sure that's not it? <laughs> that, well, it might be it. If they're waterproof. Wouldn't that be amazing if they're waterproof and you can go swimming with augmented reality and you look at a fish and it just pops up the thing. This is the fish and. Okay, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> so according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, Apple is prepping a behind the scenes change that further hints at its plans to unveil new Macs at the event next week. That's they're going to have a, an expansion to the trade in program. Uh, Chance Miller is the author of this 9to5Mac.com is the source. 
And it says in a tweet on Saturday, Gurman, um, so Mark Gurman has a very long tail in uh, relation to Apple, has been reporting on Apple for probably 20 years, if not longer. Um, back in the day, yo, um, Mark Gurman was tied to Apple and uh, I wish I had that much dedication, uh, but I just don't. You know, I need this dynamic, this type of, um, you know, hyper dynamic environment where every moment has something new going on. And that's actually the motto for my business, uh, something new every day. So, um, I really enjoy all of this news. So I hope that you like this and you want to come and hang out, just come to Twitch. Uh, .tv slash hometown and go over to YouTube, like, and subscribe, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and eventually go over to discord and to Patreon. Patreon's not really available yet, but anyway. Um, so what does all that have to do with this? I get sidetracked easy. Uh, German revealed that Apple is going to accept trade-ins for several new Macs starting on June 5th, the same day as WWDC keynote is to take place on june 5th apple will update its trade-in website to include the mac studio 13 inch m2 macbook air and 13 inch m2 macbook pro now why would they do that since these are the latest iterations of those devices only if they were coming out with something better i guess Bigger, badder, better, faster, stronger, meaner. Boots and pants and boots and pants. So as noted by uh, Parker Ortolani on Twitter. uh, However, there have been uh, instances of Apple accepting trade-ins for a product, even though there's no direct successor to that product available. So maybe nothing will come of it. Um, I know that I have purchased stuff and then six months later wanted to trade it in at 10%. No, that's uh, it's a lot. I (laughs) I hope not. Nobody does that. Um, Well, maybe somebody does after they win the lottery and they want the pinnacle of the best. Um, But come on, Um, something new has to be coming. And I'm going to say if it's a $3,000 AR VR headset, they'll accept a trade-in of whatever other computer equipment they have so that they can afford a $3,000 VR headset. Exactly, and then they can make more sales. Yeah. Of the newest gadget. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, WWDC. Um, I, I have a, a developer account. Uh, I've had a couple of apps in the App Store. Um, I've, I like to noodle around with the software, um, but my goodness, all I want are the, is this headset. I want to know if they've actually kicked it up a notch and and pushed the envelope, but at three grand, it's three times the most I've ever spent on a VR headset short of cutting edge stuff back 30 years ago when VR was brand new and everything was big and clunky and expensive. And, you know, you ever wanted to do anything, it was going to be based on the science side and expensive. Anyway, um, 
really fascinating. Keeps WWDC in the headlines. I think it's pretty awesome. I can't wait. So I know. I just hope it lives up to all the hype. We've been hearing a lot about WWDC. Yeah. And watch it just be the iOS 17. Eh, That's it. But there's a bunch of stuff like <laughs> that would be uh, bad. Airplay is getting updated. Um, lots of uh, OS related stuff for various devices because it's kind of balkanized now. It's not just iOS. It's watch OS. It's iPad OS. It's uh, iPhone. Um, it's the desktops. It's um, something. It's a unique OS for the home pods, um, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's going to be an expensive year. I think for people who are in the Apple ecosystem, because there's going to be something new and uh, lots of updates. Um, yeah, let's hope I don't have to get any new hardware. I really don't want my, my phone and my iPad and, and uh, watch and everything is doing just great. So a big chunky piece of software getting upgraded might just kind of slow everything down to the point where you're like, Oh God, I have to upgrade. I just paid it off. Uh." Okay. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next article unless you have something that you want to add. No, I don't have anything to add. Let's go. This next article is over in the hometown daily uh, channel. That's the show too. Um, there you go, folks in chat, a Vancouver bakery owner said she caught a thief breaking in on video and they swept the floor, took some selfies and left with six cupcakes. I don't know. Is that really a, <laughs> not a, your a, typical thief? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I, I took it as a job application. So not your typical job application. Uh, that's the title of this section. Not a routine job application is what I wrote. Um, a man broke into a Vancouver's sweet something bakery in their early. I'm going to change that to the wee hours of Friday and the security footage made for a viral video. The bakery owner told insider her heart sank until she saw the hilarious footage of the thief attempting to sweep up broken glass with a mop. Um, a police report has been filed and the bakery is making desserts inspired by the suspect to help pay for the broken door. Huh? It's fascinating. So Jordan Hart <clears throat> uh, wrote this article over at businessinsider.com. There's little screenshots of the, the video. He broke the front door and then stepped gingerly into it and then started sweeping it up. Okay, so maybe I understand the sweeping part, maybe. But yeah, what's the selfie about? I don't know. Emma Irvine, owner of Sweet Something in Vancouver, uh, shared a story, story time video to TikTok that showed a man breaking into her bakery in the early morning uh, Friday. As seen in the video, the suspect shatters the front door. Uh, but then seems to realize the mess he made and attempts to sweep it up before continuing his pastry heist. After hanging in the store for over an hour. Oh, wow. I guess police don't show up. Huh? That's not really a good thing to draw attention to. 
Um, the clip has been viewed over 1 million times since uploaded on Saturday. Wait. No, that's not the person. Okay. <laughs> or is it? I think it might actually... No, it is. Wow. Oh, man. This guy. <laughs> the security footage gave Irvine a new perspective on the break-in, which uh, she said normally would have left her distraught, but ultimately can't be too mad at this guy. The culprit even left behind a couple of selfies on the store's iPhone sporting orange glasses. Now they're an inspiration for cookies and uh, cupcakes at Sweet Something. That's amazing. It is. He rested, used the bathroom, even drank um, some water. His attempt to play around with the cash drawers proved unsuccessful. Oh, so he did want to steal um, money as well. Ultimately, he left with only six chocolate champagne cupcakes and provided the bakery with an opportunity to produce a viral video. Some great marketing going on here. Pretty neat. So he's going to um, probably be prosecuted and stole cupcakes. Yeah. I mean, I know he damaged the property, but. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Um, so maybe it's really kind of meta in that. Maybe it's marketing. And this is like guerrilla marketing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I think it's interesting um, to spin this so that it's a positive from something that could have been way worse. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. But well, I somebody like the knows bakery this for doing that. Yeah. Somebody knows this person and now they're going to be in some serious trouble. Or not. It really depends. Maybe the business owner isn't going to press charges because of all the positivity that is coming is shaking out from. I it. could see them hiring the person or something to work there. Like, I mean, it just seems like that's the direction this would go. Yeah, I don't know. She may not be that magnanimous, you know. <laughs> right. I don't know if I, but I said, you know, this is kind of an awkward uh, job application. Look, I really want to work. I know how to sweep. I'm pretty good at marketing. Okay, now then you should have gone in the back and baked some cupcakes or something. I have great fashion sense. Enough that you can make glasses out of my yeah. uh, cookies out of my uh, glasses. Orange sunglass cookies and cupcakes coming. It's pretty awesome. Let's keep on trucking. Uh, the next article is over in the Continuity Report. The Little Mermaid dominates Memorial Day box office with a $118 million debut. This is the same Little Mermaid that people were poo-pooing, right? It is. The and live action that's one. part of why this was submitted. So 35 years after the animated story of Ariel, a flame-haired flame siren of the sea who falls for a prince, charmed audiences a lot. I mean, 35 years ago? That makes me feel old. A live-action remake of The Little Mermaid uh, dominated the Memorial Day weekend box office. And uh, Disney uh, says that it's on track to debut to a massive $118 million over the four-day holiday. I think it's going to say $96 million here in the U.S. 
uh, Brent Lang over at Variety put this article together. Now I want to go see it. I, I didn't think that I wanted to go and see a live action Little Mermaid, but $118 million? Right. I mean, I agree. I wasn't really drawn to it, and it wasn't because of all the negative press. It was just because it wasn't animated. Right. Like, that's Disney's forte, so. Yeah, it just seems weird to be live action, but. But, like, they did Beauty and the Beast live action, and that was good. Was it? Um, okay, well. <laughs> According to me. <laughs> with 96 million uh, of the 118 million coming over the three day uh, time frame. Sorry, I thought it was going to say U.S., but I guess it's only here in the U.S. It ranks as the fifth highest Memorial Day opening in history. Well, that's pretty interesting. So <laughs> I mean, all what of those... a way to say to the naysayers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss my scaly butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to say something about the songs, but I don't have anything witty to say, like yeah, under the okay. sea or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it says the film uh, got a lift from many of the same moviegoers who uh, first fell in love with Ariel when she flitted across the big screen in 1988, as well as from generations of fans who weren't alive when the original opened, but who were nevertheless weaned on the movie from various uh, appearances on DVD, television, and in more recent years, streaming DVD. I saw one of those recently sitting in a box <laughs> wow i mean it could have gone way back i bet that was out on vhs or something when Oof. it was originally released oh man i need to delete this ai real quick here making rem making me remember the era of vhs <laughs> we can anyway, go back to beta if you want <laughs> that too wow okay um so there's a bunch more uh, discussion about this, but it says in the U.S., 68% of the audience was female, while 25% of ticket buyers ranged in age between 25 to 34. So not, not bad. I mean, it says kids accounted for 22% of the opening weekend crowds. So that's only 50% of the opening crowds. So what was the rest of it? Everybody 35 and older, huh? Right, all the people that probably were around for the first one. Yeah. I guess, based on the age uh, or and, the time frame. And not the sociopaths that poo-pooed it. Well, anyway, this gives Disney the green light to keep mining its vault, says Paul uh, Dergarabedian. Dergarabedian. There we go. I'll figure it out. Senior media analyst at Comscore. Quote, with an opening this big, I think you're going to keep seeing these live action reboots. <sighs> I wish people would stop poo-pooing the idea of re reiterating a story. There's going to be something unique in the story that gives it a little bit more flavor. It being live action is actually kind of pushing the, the limit of uh, computer graphics and cinema in cinema. 
Um, so I have no problem. And a lot of people really, they're like, oh, I don't like CGI stuff. Uh, you know, computer graphics really suck. It's obvious, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to get to the have point. Have they seen where... a modern movie? I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. I think the effects are pretty amazing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but looking back, you look back at the older CG stuff and you're like, oh God, that's horrible. But it's because you have a different context. Now you know that it looks great with the modern you know, technology. And now you're comparing what basically amounts to magic to, you know, somebody holding just a torch and going, I am a wizard. You know, it's just night and day between Right, but it might have been very impressive at the time. Oh, it was. Uh, you know, Star Trek was spectacular back then. And now you're like, oh, God, it, this is in 320i. And uh, looking at it on an 85-inch screen is you might as well just poke your eyes out for crying out loud. Anyway. Do you remember uh, we saw that um feature about the original Indiana Jones and yeah. just how they did some of the really advanced at the time special effects. Yep. Yeah. And now it's now they're doing stuff that just blows the doors off. Um, I think it's just amazing. And I really do embrace computer graphics. At some point we're not going to be able to tell the difference. Um, even years down the line. And that's why I've got Reality Hacker as a a channel to focus on that kind of technology. Well, um, let's let's keep on going. Uh, we'll go on to the next uh, article here. But before I do that, let me throw that into chat. And um, technically, we're halfway through the show. I don't know if uh, in reality we're going to end up that way as we move <laughs> I was through. Say, I don't know if that's <laughs> an accurate statement. But okay. I haven't made the claim of going to or not going to Soapbox, but wait for it, folks. Wait for it. Maybe it'll happen. So this next article is over in the Oaktown Daily Show. Um, a one in $10 million rare white bison calf was just born in Wyoming figures um so anyway a rare one in 10 billion albino white bison was born in wyoming state park on tuesday white bison are considered sacred to some native americans according to the native american college fund bear river park superintendent uh, i'm gonna assume that their name is tiffany sager um said that the calf is small but doing well a bison named Wyoming Hope gave birth to a rare one in 10 million albino uh, white bison on Tuesday in a Wyoming state park, which is, this is a second, this is another line, but it says one in 10 million. And here it's one in 10 billion. I think and down here, headline, it's one in 10 million. And uh, somewhere in this article, it'll probably say one in 5,000. I don't know. Kenneth Neymeyer, uh, yeah, Kenneth Neymeyer, uh, over at businessinsider.com, put this article together. And doesn't that look like two white bison? Well, that's a pretty light bison, I think, the parent. Couldn't that one become that one? It doesn't look 
like albino has right it wasn't as certain different traits, as i expected right? yeah like doesn't a true albino um uh animal have red eyes yeah like albino mice so this isn't like i i don't know what the extent is I just find the genetics really fascinating. Well, we can't really see that in the photo, but um, I was surprised because I thought it was going to be like stark white right? compared to like a dark brown bison or something. Yeah, because I thought bison were that color right there. Because yeah, this is a bison I, I back here are. too. So it was like dark, dark brown, black, right? But this one is, you know, tan. And this one, it's kind of like copy degradation, right? The printer's running out of ink. So we went from this one to this one. Now this one. But this one could turn into that one. You know? I mean, it could go from this white to the darker color. Unless they know for a fact that that's true albino. Yeah, maybe they've tested it and it has that genetics. I don't know. I just picture somebody running up to it and trying to catch it, you know. I got it. So it says the buffalo was born at Bear State, uh, Bear River State Park around 6.30 p.m. according to Cowboy State Daily, a statewide nonprofit news organization in Wyoming. Okay, I want to I want to start aggregating their news. I know. I was, didn't even know that was a news organization. Yeah, I, I read it. that ahead of you and I started reacting off screen <laughs> um, before you got to it because I went, what? I love it. I love the sound of that. There's a there's a cowboy that um, does trail rides and, and stuff and um, does cooking while while he does his rides and stuff. And uh, I, do, I love it. Uh, I mean totally my style i would probably hang out with that dude and uh just drive cattle from one side to the other and make some good grub and know at the end of the day that i got stuff done um so the baby weighs around 30 pounds according to the outlet mom is still being treated for ptsd for having to give birth to something 30 pounds we're not all uh, sure if it's a bull or a calf. Uh, sorry, a bull calf or a heifer calf. They're real furry and it's hard to tell right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely uh, have to aggregate from Cowboy State Daily. Uh, this was in that article. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love that. Yeah, we'll have to. Um, okay, well, I'll check into it and see if they have uh, an option for it. Um, anyway, there isn't much more to the article. Um, I'm sure that there is more over at the, um, Cowboy State Daily, uh, website. Uh, we'll have to look into it. Yeah, we'll let you know if we add it. There will be more Cowboy articles. That would be great. Okay, let's just move on. See, if you didn't come to hometown, you might yeah. not realize there's a news source know. out there like that. That's right. You would never even know. Um, so we have some good news if you're into uh, Roots of Pacha. Um, apparently, it's been re returned to Steam. 
After two weeks of being unavailable for purchase, Paleolithic farming sim Roots of Pacha has returned to sale on Steam. The game was originally delisted by Valve following a legal dispute between publisher Critivo and uh, developer Soda Den, seemingly begun over contract stipulations in the publishing agreement. That's kind of low rent stuff. Like it's either in the contract, this, that, and the other, or it's not. And if it's nebulous, this is what happens. Uh, so you typically have an, uh, <laughs> you have an attorney review this stuff. And uh, when it's overly broad or way too constraining, the attorney lets you know. And uh, obviously something hinky was going on here. Um, in the interpretation of this contract. So the resolution comes after now former publisher Critivo and Sodaden have made a public statement via Twitter saying that the dispute has been resolved with the two businesses deciding to no longer work together. There you go. So this is over at I'm PC not Gamer. I'm sure that's a good resolution for the gamers, but maybe. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on how uh, it was resolved. If Critivo got their money back for providing the services that led to it getting its marketing hype, because that's what Critivo does, right? Critivo is supposed to pump up the jams. Sorry. Um, it's supposed to pump up the the uh, the game. Like the hype? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Hype the game up and and provide uh not just marketing but probably it depends on what the scope of the actual contract is um but could be providing mentorship could be providing uh, subject matter expertise to solve certain problems could be doing all kinds of stuff to facilitate this hitting the market and running but this uh, apparently to me if i remember right this hit the market and then this hit the fan so it to me it seemed a little weird um but anyway jonathan bolding over at pcgamer.com put the article together um and the little deck statement which now i know is called decoration spelled d-e-k by the way decoration so not it's not rooted in english i don't know what it is uh, it's rooted in journalism i suppose but it seems like it's a modern framework because I don't remember hearing that in journalism classes. I don't remember hearing decoration, but my journalism classes were a while. I'll just say a while back. You know, you made a good point about the, um, the timing because it seems like if they were on tap to do things like marketing, it seems like the dispute would have arisen before it actually got posted right because wouldn't right. all that marketing have preceded that right yeah so it says we also like to share that Critivo and soda den have made the decision to amicably part ways under the terms that are or under terms that are mutually beneficial soda den sincerely thanks Critivo team for their efforts to support and market see uh roots of pacha Critiva sincerely thanks Soda Den for their dedication and craft that went into the creation of Roots of Pacha. Th this, either somebody's stewing somewhere, like just dwelling on this, you know, like, oh, this is bullshit. Um, 
or maybe the the financial aspect of this has wiped it clean and both of them can lay claim to coming out positive because Critivo did what it should have done to fulfill the obligations and make it known and and frictionless to acquire it which is really publishing it to steam um but um Sodaden did the job to produce it in such a way that people are actually calling it kind of a fan favorite kind of a thing. Um, it's not my style of art. I don't know. Maybe when I play it, um, I'll, I'll fall in love with it, but um, I don't know. Amicable seems the word of the day. It's pretty cool. Uh, but Critivo has quite a few games under their umbrella and uh, I've actually funded a couple of them through uh, Kickstarter and I've purchased several through uh, Steam so that music's really loud I wonder if that's going to be really really loud sorry about that folks and there won't be a way for me to reduce it. So we'll just go with it. Anyway, um, it says that we'd also like to share Critivo and Sodadin have made the decision to amicably part ways. So the fire is out, folks. That got louder and louder. It wasn't me that did that. No, it seemed like it was much quieter at the beginning. Wow. Okay. Well, I turned it way down now. Okay, let's just move on to the next article. So this next article is uh, RPGs coming this week for 528-2023. Um, this is from, I think, RP Gamer or RPG Fan. There you go, RPG Fan. Uh, this uh, edition of RPGs coming this week is for the cult fans, the ones, the real ones who keep their favorite niche franchises alive long after the makers have moved on. Today, System Shock, Etrian Odyssey, Diehards are rewarded with signs of life. We'll see new entries in the series one day. Who can say? Anywho, let's get on with the show. I agree. Let's see what y'all have to say over at RPGFan.com. Gio Castillo, Ben Love, and Audrey Bowling are the authors of the article. And um, yeah, it looks like May 30th, there's a, a an additional system shock coming out. That's amazing. That game's been around forever. I mean... I think I can count myself as a kid when System Shock hit the market. Shattered Heaven, May 31st. Etrian Odyssey Collector uh, Origins Collection, June 1st. I've never played that game, but it's for the Switch and Windows. So. And uh, a bunch of others uh, are going to be coming in the coming weeks. So I'm not quite sure what I'll end up playing, but I will be playing games, talking about the news and uh, trying to hang out with everybody here on Twitch. So come and hang out. There's not much more to this article, but definitely follow the link and go check out RPGFan.com. They're always awesome. They have neat stuff. Okay, let's move on to the next article unless you have something to say. No, I don't have anything. 
So this next article is over in the hometown daily channel. Man accused of stealing a backhoe to make a 10 mile drive to an airport to catch his flight. I titled this section digging their way to a felony. Uh, a man stole a backhoe for a 10 mile drive to Illinois airport to catch his flight. Police believe a man stole a backhoe and drove it to an airport in Illinois to catch a flight. Footage appears to show the man arriving with the equipment and leaving it outside the airport. Timothy J. Baggett was later charged with theft. It's over at uh, PC or sorry, uh, businessinsider.com. I don't know where my brain was. And uh, Isabel Van Hagen is the author of this. Yeah, I guess they that's uh, <laughs> quite the device. <laughs> I guess he wasn't too late for his flight, but he knew he was going to need a vehicle of some kind. So he stole this. Pretty fascinating. Let's see. I mean, I'm kind of wondering if you could have asked somebody for a ride or called a taxi or something. This guy is going to be writing about this as a song because it looks like he might be a musician. He then parks the backhoe, jumps down, holding a guitar case, leaving it and calmly walking into the airport. Deputies were informed that a backhoe was parked at the airport parking lot with uh, which is suspicious in nature. Yeah, no, that's what time is it? 9.55. So it's no shit news at 10. You hear of people... Yeah, that's such a country song, isn't it? Right. I'm not quite sure what the lyrics are, but <laughs> yeah, I think it works. <laughs> I had to get to the airport, so I stole a backhoe. Did I... Never mind. I'll... <laughs> I didn't get any rave reviews just now, so uh, I guess the AI didn't approve of that one either. I was so waiting are people... for more lyrics. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'll have to read more of this article. Stealing cars, but a backhoe being stolen from a job site. Uh, driven 10 miles to an airport for an individual to catch a flight uh, all the way to the West Coast carrying a guitar. That is unique. Man. Glitch in the Matrix. Baggett was charged with theft in excess of $10,000. The charge is a felony, and he's currently being held in the Elko County Jail in Nevada on a $40,000 bond. This guy ruined his life. <laughs> I know. I mean, and then he probably, whatever he was trying to do, probably didn't materialize. I don't know when he was arrested, but... The guy... the. And then somebody on Facebook says the guy was just trying to make it on time for his flight. What's the big deal? Uh, I don't know. Stole a backhoe, <laughs> parked it illegally on a, uh, well, maybe not illegal. Is it illegal to just park a backhoe somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> Never researched that. <laughs> if it what? wait, it wasn't as if the equipment he took the equipment to keep it or be destructive. Come on, give the man a break. Sure. Yeah, that. I say, let him let him walk. Uh, yeah, I don't think he should be in jail. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't have stolen it. No question. But come on. True. Make him promise to write a uh, a good country western song. Exactly. <laughs> 
And that's um, compensation for the theft and pay for the gas or whatever, diesel, whatever. Pay for the expensive of, of all of this that is taking place and all of the proceeds that exist after the fact go to some, I don't know, uh, a farm. Uh, like agricultural nonprofit education or something. or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, although it, it could be a construction the tobacco could be used for construction. Oh, too, right, so. right. I think it was actually whatever the context was. You uh, give the money to use that it for cause. something beneficial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God, that music really bothered me. It got so loud. Um. Anyway, let's um. Let's move on to the next article. I want to get to the other one. So this next article is in the Air Earth Channel, and that's all about uh, world building. And um, this here is uh, uh, it's, an or it's a company called Marvelous uh, Marvelous Game Showcase 2023. Pardon me once. Um, I need to hydrate more. Um, the uh, article's titled is Marvelous Reveals New IP Project Life is an RPG. So that's the title of it. Project Life is an RPG. Uh, okay. Yeah, overview of project project life RP, uh, project life is an RPG. The game's director, Itetsu Suzuki, uh, stated that the company has never produced this type of game. The newest entry will be centered and built around the concept of quote unquote life. <laughs> um, although there are no specifics yet regarding what players can look forward to, the presentation featured vibrant concept art set in an aquatic environment. So. I'm going to hit play. Hopefully I've got it muted. I don't. And whenever that Peggy uh, 16 tag pops up, it's always really loud. Anyway, I muted it. So they do the presentation. This looks very much Nintendo-esque Pokemon uh, style. Uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, yeah, I could see that person being a trainer or something yeah. in uh, Pokemon. Um, but also looks like a, it's fashion oriented. Um, and it actually says fashion dreamer on this. I don't know if all of it is because this is a showcase. Um, they, they talk about fashion dreamer, project magia, project life is RPG. Um, and later on in this presentation, cause it's a, about, uh, 30 minutes long. They, they talk about this talk about rune factory um and i think this is project life um or whatever the name of it is yeah life is rpg project life is rpg it, it might be just called life not life is oh RPG. i see i see but the title is actually project life is rpg um, so this again, it looks very much like breath of the wild kind of thing. Um, Nintendo, um, stylistic it's, it's all kind of interesting, you know, I mean, but there's so much that's in this, um, presentation that I encourage you to go over and check it all out. Um, follow the link. But let's go over to the source so that we can 
introduce you again to RPG Fan. Tin Manuel is the author of this um, over at RPGFan.com. And this is the concept art for Project Life is RPG. It says that it resembles an RPG with the goal of building an original title. All RPG fans will love. The team is working to capture the feeling of anticipation just before every great adventure. Um, and there isn't much else to it. So this looks kind of interesting. But what is this so actually going to end up being? Be, will it be on? Um, I don't think it says. It says no platforms or release targets were mentioned as of this writing. Okay, and I couldn't find anything. I did a search to see for Steam. but Yeah, it's brand new. So it's still in development. Um, if anybody, if when we find out more about it, we'll end up talking about it here in uh, hometown. Let's keep on going. This next article is one that I have high hops for. And so does the title. German brewery has high hops for powdered beer. And they had to work that one in. So with a golden hue, bittersweet notes, and frothy head, Stefan Fritchie's uh, latest brew looks and tastes like any other beer, except that it looks like it's been bland blended together into existence from a powder. <laughs> Clement Kasser uh, wrote this article and it's posted in fizz.org. With its golden hue, bittersweet notes, and frothy head, Stefan Fritchie's uh, latest brew looks and tastes like any other beer, but the revolutionary tipple developed at Fritchie's Brewery in the German town of Nuzel was made with just two ingredients, powder and water. So it's like instant beer. That Everyone can. I don't know how that would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, um, iced tea, powdered iced tea. You just add water, stir it up. Let's see what this article says, because uh, it's a fizz.org article. Uh, maybe it has a, a more uh, uh, scientific tenor to it, but let's see. Um. Everyone can have their own home brewery with this new invention, Fritchie told AFP at the premises near the border with Poland. For now, the recipe finalized earlier this year is non-alcoholic and contains no carbon dioxide, meaning it has no bubbles, which basically means it's flat beer that's flat without any alcohol in it. So it's basically, so uh, it's iced tea. <laughs> it's beer flavored, unsweetened iced tea. But Fritchie, 56, is uh, okay. Is also developing an alcoholic version and eventually planning to add bubbles to make it even more beer-like. So this is not beer. Uh, the main target market will be African and Asian countries since the powder is far easier and cheaper to transport over long distances than bottles of beer. This is a waste. Uh, there's excellent beers in African and Asian countries and it's fresher. They brew it hyper local and, and deliver it like instantly. I, I, I don't see why this even exists without alcohol, without carbon dioxide. 
it's basically flat, unsweet iced tea that tastes like beer. Maybe I'd have to look at the ingredients. Right. We don't know what the, <laughs> what it is. But just so that I can say this, uh, it says, but the product may not go down too smoothly at home in Germany, which has a 500-year-old purity law around beer known as the Reinheitsgebot. You have to say it like that. Um, we know that Pilsner, drink, uh, Pilsner drinkers and craft beer enthusiasts, especially in Germany, will initially be skeptical about our product, the brewery admits on its website. Okay, I'm in the United States, and I find this sus. I, I, I find it interesting that somebody is trying to do this, but it's sans alcohol and it's sans carbon dioxide. It has no purpose existing. Because you're going to have to give it alcohol, which isn't really, what are you going to give it? What alcohol are you going to pour into this thing? And then, and then you have to put it in a CO2, uh, infuser, right? What's the one, what's the one that for soda drinks and stuff like that? Like Where soda you, stream. Yeah. Soda stream. So you put it in a soda stream and then the damn thing explodes. Yeah. Good luck. Anyway, I love Reinheitsgebot. Um, that is basically the German purity law that says that you can only have these, uh, ingredients, which I think is like, uh, uh, wheat, uh, hops and, uh, water like it's probably malt hops yeast and water based on the one of these paragraphs <sighs> yeah i won't look at it i i used to know it uh because i was really fascinated with it uh before because it's only i think it's only three ingredients you know what we're gonna do this live okay sorry for the dead air folks So yeah, malt, hops, yeast, and water. There you go. So it's malt, hops, and yeast. That's the main thing. And then just pure water. Um, is it actually in here? Um, yeah, it... that's where I got it from. Yeah, you said it, but I didn't, I didn't see it yet. Okay, there it goes. So um, yeah, and that's the only thing that's supposed to be in it. Um. So Fritchie declines to reveal his recipe, but argues that his invention is necessary in a world that needs sustainable solutions. You don't need beer, though. It's not a survival beverage for crying out loud. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Some people may need beer, but it's not a survival entity, a survival product. I'm waiting for people in chat to go, what the hell are you talking about? Right, exactly. You're going to get a very unpopular uh, <laughs> response says, to that comment. It says the powdered format saves time as laboratory production is faster than traditional brewing, which takes months to uh, on average. Yeah, but it, that's about flavors blending together and, and all of that. Oh, God, this is. They asked if they could. They didn't ask if they should. <laughs> this is the Frankenstein's monster of beer. Let's go on to the next article because it's this is upsetting me. 
Okay. So the next article is um, in the Mobile Channel. According to the Supreme Court, science and clean water don't matter. Uh, it's hard to believe that in the year 2023, we'd have to say this, but clean water matters, science matters, and that uh, the health and integrity of our communities and ecosystems matter. Last week's decision by the Supreme Court undermining the Clean Water Act comes as House Republicans have waged an ongoing crusade against the bedrock environmental law, voting twice this spring to gut clean water protections, while they are also fighting to gut the foundational environmental laws in debt ceiling negotiations. So... This article is over here at um, the Hill. But the reason why I actually chose this is because it says um, that according to the Supreme Court, science and clean water don't matter. But they're using a lawsuit that has to do with a house. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out why this is all happening like this. And, and that's how we ended up with these other links that I'll get to in a second. So um, they talk about the Clean Water Act revolutionized access to clean water worldwide when it was passed just uh, over a half a century ago. Right. For decades, our communities organized to ensure that every American could access clean water. Uh, it, uh, OK, whatever. This is it's very well, you didn't say the author. So the author is actually a congressional representative, which is highly unusual. Right. So it's uh, Rep. Melanie Stansbury, a Democrat from New Mexico. Um, right. They are from New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and they're an opinion contributor. So it's not the opinion of the Hill. Um. But they must have skin in this game and I'm not familiar with their politics. So, but it, and their political disposition isn't even the nuts and bolts of why I chose to talk about this because the way that this is being spun, according to the Supreme court, science and clean water don't matter. And they pull these, this couple, uh, into the Supreme Court and this opinion article based around the fact that since 2004, I think it is, they've been trying to get their home built in a place that's um, maybe 250 feet from a lake. Okay. And when you read this, it says the federal government to police water pollution in a decision that strips protections from wetlands that are uh, isolated from larger bodies of water. The justices boosted property rights over concerns about clean water in a ruling in favor of the Idaho couple who sought to build a house near Priest Lake in the state's panhandle. So it pulls these people out of basically a vacuum where unless you have some serious vested interest in this property, you would not care that somebody is building here. And I'm going to show you why, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And I've read some of this article, but I haven't read all of it because there's, there's definitely a leaning towards trying to make this more than it really should be. Because if you do this to this, to this couple, then you have to retroactively do it to everybody but you can't because <laughs> you'd have riot 
Anyway, it says never in American history have we seen a Supreme Court majority uh, so at odds with the American people and our fundamental rights, the right to clean water, the right to make decisions about our own bodies, tribal sovereignty, the right to vote. Okay. Tying all of this and then throwing in the right to clean water is a, it, it's, it, it can't just be me that is looking at this going, what the hell do those have to do with you pulling this couple out of the ether and placing them in such a disposition? I'm amazed that they actually had the fortitude to fight this all the way to the Supreme Court for 15 years. Well, they probably had somebody back in them. So basically what's going on here is in a second V uh, EPA joins decisions like Dobbs V Jackson Women's Health Organization, West Virginia V EPA, Oklahoma V Castro Huerta uh, and Shelby County V Holder, which have upended generations of settled law from abandoning 50 years of precedent to cur curtailing rights of Americans to make decisions about their own bodies. Again, reiterating this phrase, this little snippet, overturning the rights, their own, controlling their own bodies, overturning more than 150 years of trust and treaty law, honoring tribal sovereignty to now gutting our fundamental right to clean water. One must ask what the goal of this court really is. But here's the thing. When you follow a link, um, it makes you go over to the Washington Post. Just stay with me here because that was one person's opinion that seems to have a vested interest in the outcome of this. Now, yes, I don't know fact, what it is. There's at least a paragraph in the article about their interest in it. Okay. About their jurisdiction. This one right here. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they have an interest in this, right? The bias is real. It's almost palpable. Oh, and um, also at the end, there's a mini bio note where they have an interest in water specifically. And then they're on the committee and yeah. Right. So they have a, an interest in the outcome of this, even though when you look at it, you go, what? the hell why pick on these two people what is the purpose of the uh, of these two people being the the target of your ire so i ended up going over to the washington post because normally i don't dig deep into the article as you can see i i read this article as we were going where as i was talking about it because i had already read a little bit of other articles that allowed me to frame this uh, discussion. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, when I first started to write the title for this, I had a different tack on it, but the, there's a certain mojo about, like I feel about certain things and I do some greater due diligence. And when I don't follow that and I follow the, the mojo that I feel and then post my discussion, I do a digger, a bigger dig deep into this. I, my mojo is real. You know, I actually, I, I sense that there's a ripple in the force with this, right? This article was trying to vilify these two people and 
I'd really like to know where if I've got it wrong. So somebody tell me. But here's the deal. I go over to the Washington Post. Hugh Hewitt over at the Washington Post. They fought the EPA for 16 years, then received Supreme Court vindication. Nine to zero. Completely different take on the issue. Yep. Um, they, and the author says, sometimes I wish the justices of the Supreme U.S. Supreme Court would unburden themselves of judicial decorum and permit themselves the luxury of expressing genuine anger on behalf of citizens injured by the administrative state. Now, this person's ire and this person's bias is palpable as well. And it's one of the things that I tell that I talk to people about, you know, don't let your bias stand in the way of verifying the information you may have a particular tilt on things and you may want to write about um, some topic and if your bias is this palpable this rich in your writing you need to address your bias um, because it it's bordering on hatred um but in this case right they basically say that the Sacketts, an Idaho couple who simply wanted to build a home near a lake, had to spend 16 years, 15 of them in federal courts, trying to get the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers to leave them alone. They became a target for administrivia to come after them. But what gets sustained like that for 15 years, right? What I want to know is what was so valuable about that land. Like something about this whole issue makes no sense to me. Right. So I tried to look into it, but I didn't dig deep because we don't have a lot of time before the shows. It's we have 24 hours of news and uh, a couple of hours before the show actually starts is when I start gathering um, anything that might have been submitted. Um, or something that might be popping up on the radar. But I couldn't find anything really in here, you know, because they were talking about the other person was talking about sacred land and all of this other stuff. <clears throat> um, but I didn't, I didn't see anything about sacred land. So it couldn't be sacred land. So I thought, well, maybe there's an environmental aspect of this that they're really hardcore about. And it's, I, I said, well, I see this. It's about a creek that feeds into a, a waterway that feeds into the lake. And that became the problem. But I'm like, well, that's kind of infinitesimally small compared to the bigness of the lake and the environment around it. So what really is going on here? I need to see for, for myself, what this looks like. So <laughs> while I'm reading this, I decided to pull up the opinion and it's 82 freaking pages long. It's 82 pages long. So I'll but scroll I saw back some up. interesting language in there that talked about it being near a ditch that fed into a creek that fed it, into a lake. So it's even smaller than we thought. See what I'm saying? Okay. So when I read that in this, I was like, I, I absolutely have to see this land. This land has to be golden pastures untouched by humanity and sacred to the Aboriginal people of the land in that region 
and continues to be untouched to this very day until these bastards did something to it, right? Nope. Well, I also wonder, okay, yeah, why are there houses all around if this property is so critical? So precious. And I, I'm I'm in favor of doing eco-friendly things, but this sure. doesn't make any sense. Sure. And then also, wouldn't all of that have had to have been disclosed when they purchased the land? Sure. If there were uh, restrictions? I mean, I know you can find things like an endangered species or something afterward, but... Right. There should have been um, restrictions at the point of purchase. Yeah. And we have some experience with the idea of, you know, protected animals within a region and stuff like that. Um, or some native plant that's um, endangered or something, right? But looking at this, there's a road above, for those of you who are in the podcast, listening to this via the podcast. There's a road on one side that's separating. It's a gravel road, by the way. It's not this massive paved road, so it's not that environmentally damaging, although it is naturally humanity is environmentally damaging. But so it's just this dirt road path, really. That's <laughs> I have to chuckle about this. It's just this little maybe one lane road dirt path and then there's two rows of houses between where this lot is and the lakefront and the lakefront is dotted with docks exactly i just noticed that and then the other thing is what <laughs> don't you see on the property water yeah there's you which if, I don't mean that's, but the point is we're supposed to be protecting some sort of water source that feeds into something. I'm not seeing the water source. Right. If anything, it's a drainage that was created because they cut an actual, looks like a two, at least a two lane road on the north side of it or south side of it. I don't know what the orientation of this picture actually is, but if let's say it's north is the dirt road. And the lake is 200 feet above that. There's two rows of houses. Uh, there has to be what 25 houses in this picture. Oh, There's, easily. There is a house with two other, three other buildings directly to the left of it. Yes, and there's also, I think the point here is that this property is surrounded on all sides by development of some kind. <laughs> like, it's not out there in this un, um, undeveloped land, like it's right. the only thing in, you know, for miles. Right. Everything around it is developed. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, that's why I'm sitting there, I'm just astonished, like, how the hell did this become a thing? And so this picture, based on what I am reading, this picture was from 2004. So what does it look like now? I don't know. Well, I don't know because they, I think they started their project, but weren't able to complete it. So it probably does not look like that today. <laughs> uh well you know i don't know Let, let's see 
Well, there's the Elkins Resort on Priest Lake. Huh. There's an entire resort. Right, which is generally what you want when you're trying to protect wetlands. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. The in Almost the entire perimeter has development of some kind. There's an entire housing project on the north side. I was going to say I'd also be interested to know if the lake's actually natural or man-made. But it's probably natural. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see... Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be um, entirely natural. There's no dam structures. So whatever this hole is that it's that's filled up. But the entire perimeter of this is is um, full of properties. So why this? Why there? Why them? Why now? I'm astonished. Simply astonished. Um, but if anything, this again, it's marketing. There are people that are going to sit there and go, Hey, that's a really pretty place. I'm going to go there and look, I know that I'm not going to get messed with by the EPA anymore. <laughs> so I had to see it with my own eyes though. I, I, I thought it was really fascinating that there's so much development around it. And this thing's offset by at least 200 feet, um, from the water line. And, and it's between two roads and they still, and surrounded by properties and they sit there and they target these people for 16 years. All right. Anyway, and that's where I ended up, um, right before the, the start of hometown daily. So with all of that, um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Let me, uh, do one thing. I, I brought us all the way back to the welcome sign but me um what i didn't do is throw some urls into the chat there you go and there you go <laughs> i swear one of these so days. i had to look up the history it is a natural lake um okay but it was also an area known for silver discoveries interesting Mm -hmm. I haven't read a lot. I was just digging around to see what I could find. But with all that development in the area, why would it matter to somebody? Why would some politician decide that it's. I just feel like there's something more to the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay, so uh, we'll we'll follow up. Maybe we can. Sunday is usually a slower news day. Maybe next week. Um, we'll start this process of discussing um, historical news to augment what we find. But today was actually pretty jam-packed with news. So um, Surprisingly for a Sunday. Yeah, it gave me a good chance to go uh, rooting for a little bit more information. This is what I normally do day in, day out. Um, I actually end up digging. Uh, but with the show itself, I save these articles so that my reaction and the AI's reaction is to the news as we're going through it. I kind of like live reads, you know, and like, oh my God, this is horrible news um, or this is great or whatever it might be. It's our actual natural reaction. 
So anyway, I've already refreshed the, the welcome page and um, normally we go through this. Apparently we found a debt deal, debt ceiling deal, right? Obviously there are people taking sides, even if it, the sides don't really matter in that case, you know, everybody is saved. <laughs> um, and, uh, let's see, <laughs> woman calls out racist passenger and then is stuck with him on a four hour <laughs> flight. That's a little awkward. <laughs> Whoops. Um, let's see. Is there anything the else? teddy bear thing? I wonder what that's about. I saw that after we uh, gathered articles. Where is that? Uh, scroll down. Forget tempered glass and RGB. Witness the fruits of a cross-country effort to save a 20-year-old teddy bear PC. Okay, we'll have to save that. I, I put that in for tomorrow's submissions. Okay, so there you go, folks. This is kind of how it works. Um, I go through all of the news, the AI goes through all of the news, and sometimes I get emails from people that are interested in a particular topic, um, and uh, we compile it all together, and if we have 11 articles, we have 11 articles, but usually we have about 30 of them, and we whittle it down to ones that we find really interesting and worthy of uh, discussion, at least on uh, Ometown Daily. So... The reason why we have so many news articles is because there's 50 channels in here and each one has its own topic, which means that all of the news that we talk about is from the entirety of it's a holistic review of the news that gets aggregated into hometown over the coming months, years. I don't know. Um, my tenure 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 as uh, mayor of hometown. Um, we will launch these shows. I'm, um, probably going to be launching reality hacker here in the coming weeks, uh, that focuses on virtual reality, augmented reality, um, computer graphics, uh, deep fakes, all of that kind of stuff, not just a video, but of audio. Um, and that will be something that, uh, I take on and, and run. And, uh, there are others, uh, I'm hoping to get. Um, at least another show running each day in the coming months. Uh, it really depends on availability. And I'm trying also to play uh, games here on Twitch. Um, but I'm I'm really into the news and the dynamic that it is. Um, so I play my games like that too. <laughs> so I'll play a game for two hours and then flip over to some other game uh, because it, I get too much into a groove, although I'm really digging Dawncraft with Minecraft right now. So at any rate, um, that's it for today. Uh, the daily news is uh, done. Uh, hometown Daily, that is. So I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI that saves me from myself. You want to say bye? Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, just a few more days and then I'll be doing it all day. See you soon, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>